On today's episode of the podcast, I share some pretty big and what might be some surprising news. I am not vegan anymore. This was a really big episode for me to record, something I've been waiting to share. I give you the whole story of how I have moved away from the label of being vegan, what that means for my well-being and my health, and of course, all the very mixed emotions that I feel about sharing this with the whole world. Please listen with some kindness, okay? Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hello, my darling friends. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to the show. I'm nervous. (laughs) Welcome to the show. I'm nervous. That's how we're, that's how we're opening today's episode of the podcast. I am nervous. I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here looking out at the most gorgeous autumn day. Sun is shining. The lake is bright blue. Everything looks so beautiful outside. And I have just my heart beating in my chest really fast. And I feel like my hands are a little bit clammy. I almost have that feeling like I sometimes have before a big, like if I'm doing some public speaking or something like that, kind of like, I'm just, I'm just nervous. And the reason I'm nervous is I am going to share something with you today that I have been both dreading to share and that I'm also excited to tell the truth about. This episode right here is one that I have really been planning for a very long time and have been contemplating how to do it and how to go about it for a very long time and kind of planning it out and thinking it through and finding different angles for it. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what changed, but all of a sudden this morning I woke up and I was like, no, today is the day. Today, I'm recording this episode. So my darlings, my loves, my friends, dear podcast listeners and the world, I am no longer vegan. (laughs) I have to like laugh at myself a little bit as I share that with so much gravity, okay, because 
I really do feel this level of gravity. I um I'm not vegan anymore. And it's it's been a journey getting to this place and it's really been a journey getting to a place where I feel steady enough to actually open up and share about that. And why is that? Why is this a big deal? Why have I been putting this podcast episode off? Like why is this hard to share? And the reason is, or there's a few reasons, but one of the reasons is that I know, and I know, and I, I really know, <laughs> you can try to be sweet about it and say, no, it's not going to be like that, or it's not going to be so bad. But I know that the moment I open up and share about this and tell the internets this truth or this new truth of mine, I am opening myself up to a massive amount of criticism and judgment and hate, absolutely, I know I'm going to get that, um, from the vegan community. I, I know. And uh, I, I, don't, I know a lot of you listening right now are vegan. A lot of you are not. A lot of you don't care at all. And you're wondering, why is this even a thing? I'll get into that too. But I know that I'm opening up myself up to just massive amounts of, of crit- criticism right now. And I've even been, you know, I've been talking to my people about like how to share this and when to release this episode. I knew I wanted to do it on the podcast first so I can really share my story here and then I'll I'll let it trickle out onto Instagram and things like that. But I've kind of been, I was telling Dennis, he's like, well, what are you waiting for? And I said, I'm waiting for a time where I feel so steady, like I need my mental health <laughs> to be at its peak, like I need peak mental health levels (laughs) Um, for me to to do this because it's a really challenging thing to to receive hate and judgment online. It it really is. And I I just, I wanted to be in a place where I felt steady enough to receive that. Um, So that's one. And I kind of want to preface this show, of course, if I may, since this is my podcast and I love that you're here and this is a, you know, a safe space for me to, it's literally the from the heart, (laughs) you know, that's the name of the show. But I'm asking you for a little bit of grace and kindness and whatever I share in this episode, it might trigger you, it might make you upset, you might get all sorts of feelings about it. And why do I think that? Well, because I have been a vegan person who has personally felt very emotionally triggered by finding out that a person I follow online isn't vegan anymore. I have literally been that in that place. So I can understand fully and really feel into that 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 there, there's going to be that kind of reaction there. And I, I, I know that's going to be there. And what I'm saying is, you know, not that you can't have that emotional reaction. No, like whatever is triggered inside of you is yours, Right. What I'm asking for is that it stays with you, you know, that it stays with you. I have literally had that. I had a a cooking account that I followed for years. Like I really, really, really love Minimalist Baker. I don't know if you follow them. If you you don't, you should. They're they're really great. But a vegan cooking account that I followed for for years, I would really go to their blog for recipes. And and I didn't even really know the person behind that account so much. I, I... that's why I say they, like, I didn't even know, is it a man or a woman or, you know, like, like, I don't know who they are um, or the kind of person behind that account. I, I didn't really need to know. I wasn't personally invested in them. I was just really excited about the recipes. And then they came out and said, you know, hey, I'm no longer vegan. 
And I was appalled. Like I was, I was appalled. This was a couple of years ago. I was so upset. And I was like, I cannot believe I am like going to them for resources all the time. I felt lied to. I felt like they felt like they had been hypocritical. And I had this huge reaction inside of myself. And that was okay, right? It's okay that I had that because that that tell, told me a lot about myself, right? And my place in the world right now. What is not, would have not been okay would have been if I went to that person's account and I was like, hey, you suck. Or hey, I really hate you. Or hey, you're a horrible person. If I kind of took that emotional reaction and turned it into something hateful and put it on them, like that is not okay. And that is where I draw the line also, so any vegans listening who who are might be triggered by this, by what I'm sharing now, it's okay that you're triggered. It's okay that you're feeling big feelings. Trust me when I say I understand because I have felt those same feelings before. So I understand that you might have them and they're valid. What I'm asking for is that you don't share them with me, that you let me stay in my safe, grounded place here and let me let me live my life in a way that's best for me. Okay. It's asking for a little bit of kindness. But yeah, so that was one of the one of the reasons why it, it's been kind of hard for me to get to this episode is because I know I'm opening myself up to, to critique, right? And that is a part of life. And at the same time, that is also valid, right? It's absolutely valid because I have been vegan for most of my adult life. And I have also been the kind of vegan that really loved to influence other people to go vegan. And I know there's tons of people out there in the world who went vegan because they were inspired by me. And maybe I am that kind of person, the way Minimalist Baker was for me. Like you come to me for recipes or inspirations, you know, for your vegan journey. Maybe you've done that in the past. And then all of a sudden, like now my way of life doesn't align with the thing about me that you enjoy, right? I mean, yeah, that's going to be confusing. But we're all grown-ups here, okay? <laughs> we're all grown-ups here with our feet on the ground, capable of letting people live their lives, right? And I think if you listen to this show by now, you can trust that I can live my life in a way that's best for me, right? The way I trust that you can live your life in a way that's best for you. The other reason why it's taken me some some time or why it's been hard for me to get to this episode is because I wanted to make sure that I was really speaking from a place of truth, from a real place of inner truth, and that I was sure, really, it is such a big thing. And, and if you're not vegan, if you've never been, if you don't align with that identity, you might, you know, a, a lot of people listening to this are going to be like, I don't give a shit like what dietary preference someone else has, like why is that a big thing? The reason this is a big thing, and it really is in the vegan community, is because as vegans, we rarely say, I eat a vegan diet, or I enjoy vegan food. We say, I am vegan, right? We, we have our identity enveloped in that, in that, in that veganism. It's not just the thing you choose to put on your plate, but it's who you are, you know, what are your core values? Like, what do you believe in? What's best for the whole world? Not just what's best for me and mine, like what's best for the whole world. It's this thing. And I didn't want to risk, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to risk 
opening this little rabbit hole that I'm opening right now. And then maybe in three months, I've changed my mind. I'm like, oh my God, I was wrong. You know, actually, I feel terrible over here. This is this other way that I was doing before that was the right way. So, uh, yes, yes, here we are. I am not being, I'm going to tell you the whole story. Of course, of course I am. But I'm not vegan anymore. And let me tell you, there have been so many changes in my life over the past year. And the one I'm actually enjoying the most is getting rid of this label. And I think I would have felt the same way if this label was something else, right? Because when I think about my life and how I present myself and how I see myself and how I identify myself, there hasn't really been any other thing as heavily ingrained. I haven't had any other label or box that I really confined myself in. Nothing comes close to veganism, really. Every other label has been kind of open-ended and fluid with space for growth, with space to evolve, with space to change. However, I've seen myself in all of my identities, you know, but the vegan one has been a very, very, very narrow, tight-fitting box that is made of steel, like impossible to shift or change, impossible to grow out of, impossible to shape after you know, different changes in your life. Like it just is what it is. You're either vegan and then you're like this or you are not. And I never realized until starting to make these changes how confined I felt in that in that box that I'd actually outgrown it a very long time ago and that actually just the mere label was keeping me from remaining really intuitive with how I was feeling in my body around the food that I was eating. Because if you're vegan and you know there's no other option, and that's how I felt for most of my life. I have been vegan for most of my adult life. I was vegan before it was trendy to eat plant-based. You know, I was like, becoming vegan was one of the first changes I made when I turned 18 and I moved away from Sweden. And, you know, it was one of these big things that I did in my life. I was always the weird vegan one eating at restaurants where there wasn't even one single vegan option. You know, it's very different being vegan in 2022 compared to like 2005, you know. Wait, how old am I? 2000 and <laughs> what, what year is it? I guess 2006, I think seven, maybe I went vegan. Um, yeah, it was a different world then, you know. And I'm sure there were places in 2007 where you could, you know, find a cute vegan cafe and stuff, but it wasn't like readily available vegan foods everywhere. I have been vegan on and off, mainly on for so much of my adult life that I haven't even allowed myself to think in any other way. And I was so sure that this is the way. And I decided that at a certain age, at a certain time, that this is it. And not only is it it for me, but it is it for the world. Actually, everyone should do this thing. Actually, this is best for everyone's health, for everyone's body, for the whole world. You know, this is it. And even when people would tell me, I tried going vegan, I felt terrible. I would be like, I would be like, oh, I understand. Well, you know, like everyone feels differently, but that's not what I, what I thought. Like I would say that to be kind and avoid you know, drama. 
what I was actually thinking was, oh, but you didn't do it right. <laughs> you know, I would genu genuinely think that I knew better about another person's body than they did because I really believed veganism was the way. Everyone who wasn't doing it that way was doing it wrong. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So having a label on yourself that's that strong and that ingrained means that there is no need, there's no use for you to contemplate another kind of life. There's no need for you to contemplate to put something else on your plate. You don't have to feel any kind of intuitive connection to your own body and well-being because there's no window open to not be vegan. And that's what it was like for me. My health really was deteriorating. Like I really, really believe that I have me and I'm sharing my experience doesn't have to be the same for you, but my experience was that I felt really great in the beginning, the way most people do when you radically change your diet in that way. And you're all of a sudden, and the way I was, you know, I wasn't eating processed foods anymore and I was eating only organic. And I was, I made a lot of changes in my life that came along with that vegan label, but I attributed them all to being vegan. Felt a lot better for the first two, three years. And then increasingly kind of Started, started to feel worse, right? But I didn't really have that ability to, hey, maybe this vegan thing isn't working for me because there was no, no other way, right? And I really thought anyone who would tell me different, like they were dumb. They just hadn't educated themselves enough, right? So for me, the most positive thing really that has come from, from this has been just getting rid of the label, and finding that freedom in, I can just be me, and I actually can be intuitive enough to feel into, well, what does that mean as I grow, as I age, as I go through different seasons and changes in my life, as I, you know, are my needs the same when I'm pregnant, feeling this way, as they are when I'm like 22 years old, and, you know, 
standing upside down in a handstand on a yoga mat every day? Like, is this, are my needs the same? I never contemplated that because I was vegan, right? So that was what I ate. <laughs> and now just not having that box, not being confined in that space makes me feel so free and so much more like myself. And that doesn't mean that the majority of the time, like, I might still enjoy vegan food. I might still eat majority plant-based. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, what matters is I, I get to be free from anything that has been confining me. And I didn't even know I was feeling confined with that label and that identity of being vegan. I didn't know. And that's, I think at some point life was asking me to grow and reevaluate and reconsider and check in. And I didn't, I didn't around my food and my, my dietary choices. I never had to do that because I knew I was doing the right thing, you know? So I stopped feeling, I stopped listening to my body and I started just doing, you know, and there's a whole, <laughs> I didn't even know how lovely this was until just now. This is very new for me in my life, but there is a freedom <laughs> in having choices. <laughs> there's a, I have felt such joy going to a restaurant, you know, and just realizing that the whole world is open to me. That doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, pick the thing that is <laughs> that is the most uh, you know far away from from the vegan label ever it doesn't mean I'm suddenly sitting here you know it's not like I'm back to eating processed foods and and I've somehow become less healthy actually for me I really feel like it's the opposite I feel much more healthy now than I did before so before I start to ramble sometimes I do so this started, let me see, when I think back really on my, my vegan journey, I became vegan, I moved to Costa Rica, I was 18, fell in love with a boy, you know, my first boyfriend living abroad was this really cute surfer guy who was from Oregon who was vegan and who was managing a vegan restaurant. And that restaurant was owned by a guy who's still one of my closest friends. Um, and I suddenly found myself in this community of vegan people felt super inspired, super excited, went vegan and never really looked back. Like I had a couple years in the middle where I was eating some dairy and things like that. But then I would get back on the vegan wagon and felt so good and solid there for so long. And then what I think really happened, like the big moment for me that I couldn't recover from was getting pregnant. And I can see that now looking back, you know, just how much my needs shifted when I became pregnant, how depleted I was after pregnancy, and how really it was after pregnancy that I started feeling increasingly terrible <laughs> and felt my energy levels drop, really, and felt my stress levels go up and was getting sick all the time and dealing with mold, like making my immune system just so weak and susceptible to everything it's just like a like a combination of things that just was so not healing for me and when I was dealing like right after pregnancy when I started getting really sick on and off I had two doctors back then tell me um, would you be open to introducing some animal foods into your diet and I was like oh hell no are you crazy 
And I would like hang up after a consultation and tell Dennis, like this doctor just like, like I was offended. Like how could they possibly ask me that? Never mind you that it was a doctor telling me this or, you know, I reached out to them because they had expertise and I was just, anytime anyone would ever recommend me or, or, or suggest that maybe I should, you know, open, not even like leave the vegan box, but like open it up a little bit and just see how you feel. I would get offended. Like I would take it personally. Like they were just like personally attacking me, you know, <laughs> which is so strange because I don't think with any other dietary preference, like we act like that, that we become so shut down and so close. But I, I mean, this is not true for everyone, of course, but I, I really felt that way. And I, um, of course, didn't listen then. And then another time, you know, kind of, a couple of years ago before I had my big mold, the big burnout that led into the mold that kind of led us to move and change our lives completely. I had another, this time a functional medicine doctor, suggest I eat egg and explaining in depth why it would be very, very helpful for me to get more choline into my diet and that I needed this kind of amino acid profile. And have you ever considered that maybe you are a little depleted on this kind of diet? And then, you know, the vegan diet that I kept in Aruba was very, very different from the vegan diet that I kept living in Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, I was eating, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables and legumes and just whole foods that were all organic, grown locally, you know, most of them prepared by myself or in this cute little, like very, very wholesome restaurant that my boyfriend at the time managed. And then living in Aruba, you know, we started eating a lot of processed vegan food. And it's kind of exciting when you've been vegan for a long time and there's nothing to eat and all of a sudden there's vegan ice cream. I mean, you lose your shit. <laughs> Any vegan listening knows what it's like to all of a sudden, like you're living in a non-vegan world and then slowly the world starts to transition and become more vegan friendly and there's vegan options for everything. And I had that big like... For the last few years of living living in Aruba, every time I found something new that was labeled vegan at the grocery store, I was like, oh my God, amazing. And I didn't really care what it was. It was like vegan tater tots. I'm there, you know, vegan pepperoni pizza. Let's go. Beyond meat and beyond sausage. Let's go. You know, vegan burgers, vegan chicken wings, vegan cheeses. Oh my God, we ate so much vegan cheese and vegan butter and like the vegan version of, of everything where before literally... I would have some like extra virgin olive oil on my toast with avocado and fresh cut tomato and some sea salt on my like whole grain, whatever organic toast I had. And now I was eating this like very heavily processed vegan bread with vegan butter on it and vegan cheeses on it. And I, I didn't, I wasn't really aware, I think, of how much processed food I was eating. And because it was all in my head labeled really healthy, right? But it's vegan butter. Like this is just like really good stuff in there. Like I just thought this is like mostly coconut oil. But if I looked at the ingredient list, that wasn't really true. You know, I was eating soybean oil and canola oil and just really heavily processed seed oils in everything all the time, you know. And it it, it wasn't anymore for me mainly like a whole foods based diet and a lot of factors to this anyway and I said no to the egg I was like absolutely not are they crazy 
And then until, you know, everything kind of broke, which was for me getting so sick that I never recovered, that I remained sick for just such a long time, finding out we had toxic mold in the house, ending up leaving our house, ending up on this massive detox protocol that I was on for the better part of last year. And working with a couple of different doctors, I've been in phases with different doctors to to help my health get back on track. And every single one of them has wanted me to eat some combination or variation of animal foods introduced. And the last doctor I've been working with, who I am so thankful for, and probably would love to, I would love to have on the show at some point, is Dr. Will Cole. You can find him on, on Instagram. He's a functional medicine doctor who just does a lot of really healing work for people with chronic illnesses and people who've been failed a little bit by more traditional medicine. And he said, listen, like I totally get it. I, he was a vegan for so many years. He was really loving and really kind in his approach. Like, I know what this is like. I know this is your life. I know this is your identity. This is your lifestyle. Like, it's so hard. It's so hard to even contemplate transitioning. But could you consider opening yourself up to maybe like having some egg? Like maybe, could you just like sit with the idea of that? Just think about it, just like contemplate it, see what it would feel like. Because it would be very interesting for you to begin at least opening up your diet a little bit just to try. And if you feel worse and you feel like shit and there's no change in your life, you can just go back, Right. And even for me, that thought of like, I'm stepping off the vegan train, like you can't go back. How hypocritical would that be? Like, this is who I am. But at the same time, I was like, wait, like I'm sick. Like I'm actually sick. I feel like I felt so depleted. I really felt, I felt so weak and so depleted in my whole body. And I'm like, I'm not even willing to, to, to try and to consider this from this, that this like professional is recommending me to see if I feel better. What if I feel better? And then I was like, well, that thought is even scarier. What if I would eat some animal foods and I actually would feel better? Like that thought was the really scary thought because I was convinced like, of course I wouldn't. Of course I wouldn't. I would feel terrible and it would make me feel worse and all of this stuff. But the thought of like, what if I would eat some animal foods and my health would improve? Like that would be scary because that would challenge everything I've told myself about this lifestyle. And it would challenge this big identity that I have where I really had the viewpoint that I know best, right? <laughs> Not just for me, for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And what happened is kind of shortly after that, I was like thinking about it, and I just opened up to the idea, just contemplating it, just talking about it a little bit. I remember Dennis was like, what? Are you crazy? I mean, he really was like, no way. Like, that's not going to happen. No, you're never going to do that. And then Leia and I ended up going to Sweden. This was last year. So we, we kind of escaped Aruba and the mold, the mold drama. 
and spent, I think we had two and a half, almost three months. Yeah, we had a long time alone. And I think about this time now. It was such a precious time, like just her and I. It was my first return to Sweden. It was my first time being back in Sweden without just being for a short vacation. We rented this little red cabin in the middle of the woods. I was swimming in the cold lake every day and we were just exploring the forest. It really was like those weeks together was me falling back in love with my home country. It was a really special time. And I was contemplating this idea of eating egg and I told myself, okay, if I am meant, this is how I do things often when I'm unsure about something. And yeah, all my friends laugh at me for this, but this is how I do things. If this is meant to be, like if I am meant to introduce egg into my diet, egg will come my way. <laughs> the universe will provide me with some sort of sign or something's going to happen and it's going to feel serendipitous and very much in my face. And it's like universe will tell me and show me like it, it will be very clear, but I'm not going to go to the freaking grocery store and buy a packet of eggs <laughs> and eat that like no, hell no. So anyway, I made that kind of sweeping declaration and I told Dennis and I told my friends like if you know if I get a sign like I'm open to it and then one of our first like days being at this little cabin the owner of the property they had a farm next door and invited us to take a little tour like would you like to see the property and maybe go see the sheep they had a bunch of sheep there so we took a long walk with them it was super beautiful and visited the sheep and fed the sheep there. And then as we're on our way back, Leia sees this little, like really old little structure. She's like, what's there? And they're like, oh, that's the old, that's the old chicken coop. But sorry, there's no eggs in there. We already collected the eggs this morning. And there was like almost no chickens there. I think they had like two or something. It's like, sorry. And Leia's like, oh, okay. And she looked a little sad. And the lady was like, but do you want to go inside and say hi? You can still say hi to them. And she goes inside. She like ventures in on her own, like very brave. And then comes out and she's like, mama, look. And she's holding one perfect egg in her hand. And I'm like, oh, well, look at that. And then the, the lady is like, oh, that's so funny. Like, I, I already collected the eggs today. Wow, that's a really special egg. Honey, you keep this one. This one's just for you. And this woman, of course, didn't know that we were vegan. She says, this is just for you. And Leah holds this egg looks at it and she goes, no, this one's for mama. Mama, here. <laughs> she like hands me this egg <laughs> and I'm standing there <laughs> with an egg in my hand, like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like I was so, I was like, okay, well, this felt very much like a sign. It was just like, oh God, okay. I put it in my pocket and I'm like walking around with this egg in my pocket we go home and the whole walk home, just knowing I had an egg in my pocket, I felt like I had robbed a liquor store or something. Like the police was going to come get me. Like I had to hide. Like I felt like I am doing something so bad, so illegal, so out of character. I'm doing something wrong here, you know, walking around with this egg from the, this neighbor family in my pocket. We come home. And guess what I did? Yes, I put the egg on my altar. <laughs> I put the egg on my altar and I prayed. <laughs> yeah. And I can laugh, giggle at myself now because it sounds a little bit ridiculous, but I really prayed. I really, like I put Leia down to sleep that night and I was drinking tea and I had the egg there like next to my crystals and like my things. 
And what I really felt, like what I knew is if I go this route and I eat this one egg, you know, which will be the first non-vegan thing I've had in like a decade, forever. <laughs> if, if I go down this road, it's like I kind of knew there's no turning back. You know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm either going down this road, staying in my vegan box or I'm not. And I really had to pray and I had to ask for forgiveness you know, for, for support, for guidance, for I felt like I was going through a massive personality change that I was even sitting there. And I was crying. Like I was really, it was a highly emotional like experience. And then I felt this huge calm just settle over my whole body. And like, eat the egg. <laughs> so I went to the kitchen. I had to call my best friend and ask, like, how how does one what do I do here? And she's also been very vegan for a very long time. And just in the last year started kind of introducing some other things. So she would always like when we had breakfast, she would always have, she would always have like a boiled egg with breakfast. And I would always not, you know, and I'm like, what do I do? And she tells me her way, which is the, like every, what I found out now, everyone has their completely different way of how to boil an egg. But she's like, boil the water first and then very slowly with a like spoon, lower the egg into the boiling water and then put the timer on six minutes. That's a perfect egg. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so that I did. And I sat there those six minutes, just like, <laughs> like I felt like I was going to go into like a, like a, like a psychedelic, like ayahuasca ceremony or something. Like I felt like I was sitting there with some sort of shaman, like about to have a crazy, holy experience. I take the egg out, put it in ice water to cool it down. And then I put it on a plate, <laughs> a little bit of salt next to me. And I went to go sit down. Like I had candles lit. I peeled the egg. I took a bite. And... <laughs> It was maybe the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my whole entire life. <laughs> and I get weirdly emotional sharing that because, yeah, it really was a big thing. And I knew, like, if this is not for me, I'm going to feel disgusted. I'm going to feel this is so gross. I always thought egg was the most disgusting thing. I mean, I thought every animal food was so disgusting and horrible. And it wasn't. It wasn't. I ate that egg feeling so, so full. I felt so full. And then from that point, it was like, okay, I think, I think like a week later, I had my second egg. And then I probably had like one egg a week for a while. Like it was really this like strange, rare thing that I was figuring out how I felt. And, and then I started really craving it really 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 craving it craving it to the point of it was like getting to wake up in the morning and I get, got to have that one egg with my breakfast it was like I got to start my day with dessert just craving it and that really was the beginning of the end of me being vegan and it took all of yeah pretty much all of like this whole past year of just being open to trying different kinds of foods, being open to experimenting with some animal foods. What happens when I eat this? What happens if I 
change this? What happens if I add this into my life? And mainly the number one question that I keep asking myself that I stay till this moment asking myself is, and how do I feel? And how do I feel? And it happened fairly quickly for me, like with the egg, that I started feeling more nourished, that I started feeling just fuller, where normally I would have to eat much more. I was eating, of course, like a lot of carbs. I was eating a lot of, and I was eating, you know, this whole like the big debate about the protein. I was eating protein, but it was mainly processed versions of protein, like vegan, like fake meats a lot and tofu and, you know, some beans and things like that, but not like that much. Um, I really think I, I needed a different kind of protein in my, in my diet. I, I, I needed egg. <laughs> okay. And that I know now. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I told you that whole story about eating, eating my first egg. I wasn't planning on getting that detailed, but, but yes. Um, so the past year has been this exploration of, okay, well, what feels good? What makes sense? And of course, of course, at the same time, I'm doing all the reading I can do about everything that that not being a vegan involves. So when I let go of the vegan label, does it mean that all of a sudden I am now a big proponent of factory farming and animal cruelty? And of course not. Like, of course, of course, of course not. All of those the big core values that I have inside, you know, around least harm and kindness and taking genuine good care of the world, like all those core values are still there. They haven't changed. What I have started to really understand for the first time in my life, though, is that the vegan way, the way I was living, and maybe you live different as a vegan if you're listening, but the way I was living wasn't the most sustainable way, you know. The amount of packaged processed foods that had to be made in a factory somewhere and then shipped across the world in, you know, paper and plastic to to get to my plate. Like there's a lot of components there. And I genuinely believed that if I was drinking oat milk and coconut milk and almond milk and all the nut milks, I was way more sustainable and better for the world than the next door person who had a dairy cow and they drank the milk from their own cow. And I know now that that is not true. Like that is like very, and it's very obvious and clear for me to, to how I can fully like see that, that that small scale family farm who literally, you know, live with the earth, um, what's better for the planet and more sustainable is that, like that, that no middlemen way and most people don't live that way, right? Most people who eat animal foods get their milk packaged from across the world in paper and plastic. And But the idea that I had that, you know, I can be a vegan and being a vegan kind of excuses everything else. It means that automatically whatever is on my plate is always more sustainable and better for the environment than any animal food. Like that is not true. It just isn't true. And looking into wanting to live a life that's self-sustaining. And this was kind of creeping up to me because all my books about how to live a self-sustaining life, how to really tend to the land, like how to create a proper homestead, 
they come with some sort of animal component. And you need animals to work the land to be able to actually grow at that kind of scale. You need the fertilizer that the animal feces bring the soil. And if you don't have animals doing that, you have to buy packaged, like you have to buy packaged fertilizer in plastic bags from somewhere. Or as a vegan, you have to go to the neighbor farm and like get their cow poop. You know, there's a really ancient relationship between people and animals and that kind of reciprocity that we, of course, in this, like the way the world looks now, have completely lost. Like no one, vegans and non-vegans, like go to the grocery store and pick out food (laughs) in a package and put it on their plate. And there is, there is a miles away difference between being a kind of, like if I was the kind of vegan and I grew my own food and that's what I ate, right? And I know now living that way, I wouldn't be fulfilled. If, if that was the case, I would have been living that way. Um, and there's a big difference between tending to your own animals that maybe you harvest and eat at the end of their lives or, you know, getting dairy or meat from the neighbor farm Versus going to the grocery store and getting, you know, big cutlets wrapped in saran, like plastic wrap from a factory farm miles away where animals are living in just horrible conditions. Like there's, there's so much gray area here. There's gray area on the vegan side and there's gray area on the non-vegan side. And what I realized is just the way of life that I want to have doesn't align with the vegan way anymore. And I would love to live a life where I get to tend to my own animals. Like I would love to have my own chickens. <laughs> like the, it's as soon as we are able, like as soon as we are able and as soon as we have the space, that's what we're, we're going to do. And I've been alluding to this just a little bit here and there on Instagram. I've been trying to soften the blow a little bit. I have shared, like someone asked, you know, I've shared so many times that we want chickens and people have asked, well, would you eat their eggs? Yes, 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 I would. And I have since also had meat and I have had dairy and I have tried a really wide variety of foods that I have deprived myself of for the last decade. And I have done that intentionally and I've done that with, you know, really with with sacred intention. And the change I feel in my my body, that's that's the thing. If If I had veered away from being vegan and tried animal foods and I was like, oh my God, disgusting, this doesn't work and or felt no difference, then it's like, yeah, I, I would have immediately gone back because the vegan label is very comfy. You know, it, it fits me really well. And I've kind of been living that life for so long. But I immediately noticed such a difference in my own well-being. I, it, it was really, it was immediate, immediate that when I eat animal foods or I introduce more animal foods into my into my diet, I am more energized. I feel more content. Like throughout the day, I feel more full 
I used to have a I used to eat breakfast and then an hour after that I'm starving. Like I used to eat have to eat so many times throughout the day and I would snack a lot throughout the day. I, I like I was the kind of person I could have like two breakfasts, no no big deal, right? And now it's like I eat a way smaller portion of food, but I'm really full. And I feel full in a different in a different way. I don't have that kind of crash or dip in the afternoon where normally I would need to have something really sweet or you know, I would love to have a Swedish fika and like have tons of coffee and eat like cinnamon roll or something. Like I felt like I needed that like kind of sugar to pull me up from the tiredness. Like I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I I don't I don't feel that need. Like I need something now. Like I I just walk through my day feeling steadier and feeling more whole and feeling more full. <laughs> really more full. And I've gained some weight. I mean, that was kind of one of the first, it was really quick how that happened. And it's funny. And I have a feeling probably it's going to even out, you know, in a while. It's like my body's still adjusting to the changes that I'm making. But the feeling that I almost had is that as soon as I started eating some animal foods, like my body went like, (laughs) and it's just like holding on to that nutrition that's coming its way. And it's not like now I'm, walking through my day regretting that I spent all these years being vegan or like I did something bad or no like I think that you know it it served me really well in the beginning but then it kept me really stagnant and and I'm glad I'm where I'm at now I really am I really am and I'm glad I I get this opportunity to to nourish my family in a different way Dennis now also is no longer vegan and he didn't know, (laughs) like he genuinely didn't know how much he was missing animal foods until, until he was eating them. Like it was kind of like flipping a switch for him where all of a sudden we're eating some fish. And I mean, this is a man like born and raised in the Caribbean, born and raised fishing, like eating the freshest fish from the ocean. Like he's used to like fishing and then eating sashimi on the dock, you know, after like stepping off the boat. Like this is a man who has fish in his ancestry and he hasn't had fish in so long. And I mean, he'll tell, I'm going to have him on the show and we'll do like, because I know I'm getting a lot of questions already and I, I'm not going to be able to answer them all just from, from this one conversation here. But what he said is it's immediate. He felt like he was missing something. Like he was, he started eating fish again and he started feeling like, oh, I, I didn't know. It was like I was missing a whole food group, you know, like my body was needing this whole food group and, uh, and it was just gone and now it's there. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Just a, a word just at the heart of this, because at the heart of my veganism was always the ethical treatment of animals, you know, that if you can live a good, healthy life, and what I always thought was a better and healthier lives without animal foods, then why would you eat animal foods? And I still stand by that. The thing was, I wasn't living a better, healthier life. I wasn't feeling better. And I know that now that I've seen the difference, right? It's really hard to know when you're in the middle of it. It's really hard to know when you're in the thick of it. But for me, it wasn't the healthier life. And it feels so strange to say because I was so convinced it was. I really was. And I will never put that kind of label on myself again. And where I am now, it's not like I'm going to have a new label. And now I'm eating this. It's like, no, now I'm just living my life. Now I'm just living my life. And I'm asking myself, how do I feel? Does this feel good? Does this feel bad? Does this make me feel icky? Does this make me feel fuller? Does this make me feel nourished? Does this make me feel healthy? And how do I feel? Like that is it. I'm I'm done with a label. I'm done with a with those harsh corners of like here is what what you're supposed to eat, you know? Like no one knows what is best for another person. No one. And I genuinely believe that the way of life I'm, I'm trying to shape now is not only the healthier life for me and for my family, but it's the more sustainable and more earth-friendly way to live as well. And I really look forward to, I really look forward to getting to grow into that. And I also think, and this is something that like I'm still getting comfortable with, I'm still learning about, is that as a vegan, when we decide to kind of step out of that cycle of life, you know, the the cycle of life that our ancestors have been a part of since the dawn of time, which involves death, right? Which involves death, like it involves life and it involves death. And we've separated ourselves from that just almost entirely. Like that is not, that doesn't have a place in, in the world anymore. And and I'm starting to wrap my head around the fact that that probably that isn't true. And I look at, for example, like I have my my aunt and my cousins our whole life, they had a big farm full of animals, dairy farm and every animal imaginable. And they always looked at at us, like my mom and, and our side of the family. We were we were like the city mice and they were like the country mice, you know? And I always used to think that, oh my God, like their way of life is really outdated. I genuinely believe like how it's so old school and like, you know, how can you like get up at four in the morning, 365 days a year to milk a cow and like they're living this kind of life where they're like out on the field all day. And I just thought it was very outdated for some reason, like not modern, like not definitely not for me. Right. I thought like the way I was living was really the way. And now I look at them and I'm like, well, they knew what the fuck they were doing all along. 
Like they're genuinely living this completely circular life where everything they need comes from what they tend to and what they grow. And every there's no waste, like everything is taken care of, everything is organic, like everything is... And they've had that, like, they've just had this organic farm way before organic was a thing, like before I was born, you know, and like drinking raw milk since they were born and growing up with these animals. And then at the end of the animal's life, like, yes, they like kill that animal. And then they, that's the animal that nourishes all of their kids and their whole entire family. And I used to think that that was so heartless and so disgusting. And like, why would you do that? And now I think about it. Why would you do that when you could go to the grocery store and buy Beyond Meat? (laughs) And I'm like, the fuck was I eating Beyond Meat? Like, what is that? What is in that? What was I putting on my plate? Like, what, what were we eating thinking that this is the best? This like, 29 ingredient, highly processed, kind of non-food, wrapped in plastic, made somewhere with stuff I can't pronounce. Like that's the sustainable way. And then what my cousins are doing, eating beef from the cow that they tended to its entire life. And then every part of that process, like it never leaves the farm, right? It's like they do everything. And I thought that 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 was so unsustainable, you know, that was like totally wrong. (laughs) Like they're not taking care of the earth, like eating, you know, being vegan is the only sustainable. And I'm looking at that, like, what was I thinking? Like how, how far away from like real earth was I? And we went there to visit them just a couple of weeks ago. And I, for the first time, got to just see them working in their day to day with a whole new set of eyes with so much reverence, you know, like without the farmers who grow our food, we have nothing. And I know now the amount of work it takes like to grow a single tomato, the amount of work that that takes. And I want to live that kind of life. Like, of course, I'm most likely not ready to kill an animal yet. Like I'm not in that place. But maybe one day, you know, maybe one day like we'll live that kind of life on our own homestead where we don't go to the grocery store for anything. And I I don't see that now, right? But maybe 20 years from now, like that's the kind of life that we live. Maybe we do get to live that completely self-sustaining life. And to me, that sounds really beautiful. And I know, I know... I know the many vegan people listening to this going like, meat is murder, you know, that is death, that is murder, that is unnecessary. And my place in this now is I'm questioning the unnecessary because I'm seeing now the necessary in my own body, in my own health, and in my daughters, and in my husband's. And anything that brings me a little bit closer to that real intuition I know is a good thing and maybe the point of this whole journey was just for me to lose the label right and yes we're still eating tons of vegan foods and you know it's not like I'm sitting here breakfast lunch snack and dinner eating steak like no that's not what our lives look like but we are done with the vegan label and I'm ready for something that feels more 
aligned with my ancestry and something more aligned and in tune with with the earth and really tending to the land here. And it's been almost an hour. I know I'm going to have so many big follow-up questions to this. There will be a second episode, maybe like a little Q&A. Um, of course, I'll talk more about this. Um, a book that really was supportive for me is a book called Sacred Cow. Um, especially when it comes to, for me, just learning a little bit more around veganism and sustainability. Because I was really convinced that that is the way and that, that cannot be challenged. You know, that's what the media says. That's like science. It's That's what it is. And I've now come to understand that that is not, it's not the only way. And that's most likely for how most people live, not the way. So I really recommend that book, Sacred Cow, especially if you're triggered and you're like, oh no, you know, then it's good. If we have a viewpoint that's really strong and that we really don't want challenged, it's good to read some challenging literature around that because, you know, it could ingrain you deeper in the viewpoint you already have, or it could open up another perspective. And for me, it opened up a perspective that I had never considered. So I really recommend that book. I am really looking forward to just living my life <laughs> and sharing a very unfiltered part of my life, like sharing just the truth the way it is. It has felt weird this past year to you know, I'm sure you've noticed that I'm not barely sharing, you know, I'm not sharing a lot of cooking anymore. I'm not sharing a lot of food anymore. I'm, I haven't spoken about veganism in a very long time. I'm sure you're noticing that. And this is the reason behind that. So I feel good just getting to live a whole truth now. And I feel good getting to evolve into this, into this version of me. And just stand really tall in myself. Like I feel really assertive and solid in what's best for me. And grateful that I got to come to this place too. So thank you for your kindness and for your grace and for listening with such an open heart. And for being here with me on this journey. How about you? You know, how... Uh, how are your labels? <laughs> Do you have one of those really strong, solid labels that you never contemplated leaving? You know, how is that label feeling right now? Whatever it is. And of course, you know, if I feel like there are a lot of people, at least in my spaces, a lot of people who are kind of leaving a label like this one behind. And I would love to hear from you. You know, what was that like? How did it feel? You know, where are you in your journey on of health and food and family. I really, um, really would love to hear from you. So let's, let's have this conversation and let's, let's keep talking. Okay. So I'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.